Welcome to the Gut Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word for you. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutchurch.com. Hey, we're going to get in the Word this morning. Fired up about it. And, and, and I think we're all aware, man, it's a new year. It is 2024. And, and I'm just telling you, I know every year there's an energy about it, but it sure seems like there's kind of another level of expectation on this year. And, and I, I want us to embrace that. Like, it's a good idea to kind of hook our wagon to momentum when you, when you see it, when you feel it. Man, let's do that. And so, so I'm excited about it. That's kind of where this message is coming from. And I want to kind of start laying a little bit of foundation. And I'm going to take you to the moment that God is communicating to Adam and Eve, and, and he's giving them direction. It's going to lay a little bit of groundwork for us here. The, the title of the message is The Takeover. And, and I want you to go into this year. We've started it. We're, we're a few, almost two weeks into it. We started it fast. What a great way to, to kind of tithe on the year. I'm giving God the beginning of the year. Man, look at you. Some of y'all are skinny. You know what I'm saying? That didn't take very long. That was okay. That was quick. You look, you're looking at me hungry. I got you. That's good. We're killing a little flesh. We're feeding the spirit. It, it's good. But look at, look at how God communicates kind of out the jump here to, to talk like Opetza for a minute. Remember when he was like, man, it's already been paid for. Pull up. That, that's Opetza just encouraging us in the word, relevant. Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority. And he said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subjugate. Use that word this week, it's a good one, to subdue. Putting it under your power and rule over, dominate. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every living thing that moves upon the earth. Man, he makes it very clear, his intent for us. Man, what's the will of God? To take over and to dominate. Let's break a couple of these words down, man. To take over is to assume control of something. What in your life do you need to get back control of? To be fruitful is to be fertile. Producing productive results, many offspring. That's God's will for you. To multiply is to increase greatly in number. And to subjugate is to bring under domination or control, listen to this, especially by conquest. God is laying it out for the first humans. And he's just telling them, hey, this is my plan and intent for you. You're going to come out and subjugate. You're going to come out and dominate And a lot of the times, that domination is going to be the result of conquest. There is going to be opposition. It's one of the things I love the most about the Bible. It's not faking. It's not sugarcoating. You will face opposition. There will be a storm. There will be a battle. And you will win said battle. That's the confidence that we get to walk in. That's the confidence that we have to walk in. We're going to come out and we're going to do this. So the first point this morning is we're going to take the land. There is new land. There is good land in front of you. And I'm going to to throw some ideas out about what that might be, but I'm believing 
that as we talk this morning, there's things that you were either excited about and this is a confirmation, or it might be that new thing that starts stirring inside of you that is your good land to go and take specifically this year. Let's take a look. What's amazing is God kind of told that to Adam and Eve. And then there's a consistency to this message that we see in Jesus. But I'm going to specifically point it out as he was using Moses, how Moses was talking in Deuteronomy 7. Moses is, is kind of rallying the people. Man, he's getting them ready. He's actually saying, I'm not going into the promised land, but as you go into the promised land, here are some strategies as you go in. But he has to lay the groundwork that this is God's will to go into the promised land, and it's the same for us today. Deuteronomy 7.1, when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess, I'm going to pause for a minute, when that thing that's stirring inside of you is not an if, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you specifically, so there's things he put in you that are supposed to happen. So it's not an if, it's a when. And he's going to give us the how, but I want you to think like that. I need, you, I need us so confident and set. It's a when. When you go take the land that you've been promised, and, and he has cast out many nations before you, and he lists them, the Hittites, the Girgashites, it's my least favorite name, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. Again, he's not like, hey, man, we're the best. We're just automatically the best. He's not saying that. He's saying, listen, I'm, I'm recognizing that currently they're bigger. I'm recognizing that this isn't just like a, a, a walk in the park. There will be a battle, and if you look at it in the natural, they're bigger, stronger, and more fortified than we are. But when you take it, even though they're bigger, this is what God's going to do. When the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. By utterly destroying them, that's a, that's a full consecration. You shall make no covenant with them and show, mercy, and show no mercy to them. They're bigger than you. They represent evil. We're supposed to go in and take this land. It's God's will for us. Let that thing stir in you. See, what's fascinating about this is, is, is previously in the, the Old Testament, before this, you see an example. Sodom and Gomorrah is this awful city. There's sin rampant through there. And stuff actually comes down from heaven and helps destroy the city. That's not the case in this situation. And, and this is fascinating because you've got to think, Moses is talking to a new generation. The previous group of Israelites saw what took place in Egypt, but they're not the ones going into the promised land. See, there's something new stirring in you. So some of the old methods may not work for the new thing God's doing. Man, it was amazing. Man, man there were frogs in the street. There was blood in the river. That was, some, that was some Egypt stuff. But now as we come in, you are going to go and take the land, and God's going to show us how to do that. But Moses is rallying the troops to say, look and see what God's going to do, and it's okay that it seems like all of these things are bigger than you because they are. 
And what our pride wants to do is make us think that we've got to get bigger and better and stronger, but the reality is we've got to give God his place of being bigger and better and stronger, connecting to that, coming into alignment with that so we can go fulfill our assignment in him. That's how this works. That's why we're fasting. You guys sitting at home eating Cheetos, those aren't appropriate, okay? This is... That's some, some pita stuff. you got to get some, some hummus going. What are these Cheetos, right? So, but here's the reality. When we're fasting, I'm not hoping that God says, attaboy, because I didn't eat steak this week. I'm actually starving the flesh to make room for, to make a better conduit with the Spirit. It's what God already wants to do in us and through us. It becomes more clear to us as we remove the distractions in the fast. This is our Father. It's creating a clear line and lane to our Father who wants the best for us. He wants you to take the land. Those things in you are from Him. And listen, this is for somebody. You're going to make the next right decision. I mean, I can't tell you. We had people, I think I mentioned that in the last service, and there were probably eight people that came up. It's like, no, 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 I needed to hear that. And I'm just telling you, it's for, it's for this service. It's for you in your life because you're filled with the Spirit. You are going to be led by the Spirit. That's the benefit of hooking up with the Spirit. That's, we submit to God. We get access to being led by His Spirit. You will make the next right move. That's what it is for you. And it's like, hey, hey those obstacles are big. Perfect. It's going to make a better story. If you know you're going to win, we're going to go fight the biggest guy possible because it's going to be a tale to tell. We want that. So bring on the next big thing. We're embracing that. So I want you thinking, though, I need you to start to recognize what the land that you're supposed to take just might be. For some of you, it might be that next big business venture. Man, it's stirring in you. That's the land you're going to take. For some of you, it might be reconciliation in your marriage or in your family. It might be financial freedom for the first time. It might be a health breakthrough. Man, whatever, whatever the land is for you, this is going to apply. One, it's God's will, and then he's going to start showing us some very specific steps that we take in this process. 2 Kings 6, 16. Love this verse. It, it, it continues to kind of show the theme. This is Elisha in a moment that he's in. It's, it's, it's getting wild. It's a little bit crazy, the situation. And God answered Elisha, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And this is what I need you to hear. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man that was with Elisha. And he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Elisha was full of confidence. The young fellow with him needed to see something. So some of you might be like, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good. But what I, what I want is this image in your mind. Man, there's more with us than are with them. Those Jebusites, those Amorites, they're big time. No, no, no. There's more with us than with them. And, and, and I, what I believe God wants to do is open our eyes so that anytime you are feeling the resistance, you are feeling the opposition, that's the first thing you think of. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know what it looks like. God, open my eyes. Remind me. Man, there's more with us than with them. Couple quick takeaways. When you when you're seeing the opposition, it, it's gonna. I hope it comes right after service. I really do. It's like, oh, I'm kind of fired up. Here's some opposition. I really hope it happens in a couple weeks, and you remember this right here. Here's how we respond. You see the opposition, 
You know you're supposed to take the land. A couple little takeaways. One, we respond with the word. You know that. Man, if it's word-based, it's full of faith, it's going to pack a punch. Number two, we respond with confidence and we're decisive. What the devil wants to do is talk us out of our authority all the time. He doesn't have it. He wants to talk you out of yours. So the reality is, as we're full of that word and we're responding with the word, it's going to build our confidence and it's going to make it to where we can make a decisive, authoritative decision. Don't let the devil talk you out of that. Don't let him make you second guess what you know you're supposed to do. As big as the obstacle is, hit it. You're going to make the next right decision. And then number three is, is, is keep your posture in mind in this process. Man, what we did about 10 minutes ago was a posture of worship, a posture of receiving. We're getting filled up so we can go pour out. That's the receiving. And then the next posture, because we're refreshed and ready, it's that posture of attacking. Man, keep, keep that face set. Keep your stance ready. That's where we're headed. Chad Wright's a, a Navy SEAL. He also runs ultramarathons. And he said, your excuses are a reflection of your weakness. Man, a lot of times we start making excuses like, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe, I don't know, the industry's changing a little bit, the economy, the, and it's like, whoa, that's just, a lot of times that's just putting a light on our weakness. And what the Bible says is in our weakness, it makes God's perfect strength. Another translation, it says it unleashes a portal of his power. So now it's like, okay, God, here, here's where I could be concerned. I'm not anxious because I'm anxious for nothing. Here's, he got, I'm, I'm admitting to you, this is, this is the hesitation that I'm showing. Man, we present that to God knowing that that portal of his power comes on the weakness. I'm not going to make an excuse about it. I'm bringing it to God so that I can get back in that place of confidence and make the next right move as we take ground. Number two, as we're taking ground, I want you to check your pace. I got to be honest, this is probably the most convicting part of this. This is, this is a big part of kind of why this message came together because there's one sentence as Moses is trying to help his people. I want you to succeed in the new land that you're going into. And he says this verse, and it's, it's right here in Deuteronomy 7.22. He says, the Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you little by little. I read that and I was like, oh, maybe there's a better translation that says a lot by a lot, right? I, I couldn't find, I was like, the Message Bible surely says this a little bit better and differently. A whole bunch at a whole bunch. No, no, no. The Lord God will drive them out. It's still the promise. It's going to happen, but it's going to be little by little. You will not clear them away all at once. Ah. And then this, otherwise the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. I didn't see that coming. It's this whole rally about taking the land, everything that they've ever hoped for, things that were promised to their ancestors. And in the middle of reiterating that, he's talking about little wild animals. I picture like little foxes coming in and messing up the whole thing. You're telling me 100 squirrels is going to debunk this whole process? What are we talking about, Moses? But I'm telling you, it's, it's fascinating that in the midst of it, he said, no, 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 wait a minute. I need to make this point. It's going to be step by step by step by step. 
little by little. And what's going to blow your mind is when you look up a year from now and you look up two years from now, it's like, oh my gosh, it was perfect. There were obstacles. It was hard. It was difficult, but it was little by little by little. We didn't get out in front of God. We, 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 didn't, we didn't go too fast. We also didn't just sit back and, and not take little ground. Sometimes we don't want to take little steps because they're seemingly insignificant. But it's the very thing that's supposed to happen next. It's going to be little by little. We're not going to, we're not going to let those things that could kind of come in and start to overwhelm because we got out in front of, we outpaced what God was trying to do. Remember, this is a new generation he's talking to. He's going to give them steps. Man, this is how you get stronger. It's going to be five reps. I know you want to do 10. You think you're a tough guy. It's going to be five, and then it's going to be seven, and then it's going to be nine, and you'll be ready. I was with Pastor Bill on a trip years ago. A guy named Bill Wilson was on this trip as well and had a, a massive ministry in New York City. And I was just, I happened to be walking next to him, and I said, sir, if you don't mind, just young guy in ministry, what, what would you say? Whatever, anything. I'm going to write down whatever you say, so whatever. And he just said this. He goes, hey, every time, don't think about it. Don't take the escalator, take the stairs. And we were in a mall, and I'm like, oh, shoot, that's very inconvenient today. You know, but I'm, I'm down, I'm down. What I, and he said, no, no, big picture. In your life, don't take the escalator. Take the stairs. I want you to hit every single step. And here's why. Every step we hit is making us a little bit stronger. Every step we take is making it to where we're ready for when we do get to the top of that staircase. Like, whoa, my gosh, I'm, I'm prepared for this moment, and we got there at the right time. Crazy to think about taking that escalator and getting there before we're actually ready, getting there before the situation was set. Because here's what we know to be true. God's doing things. God's taking out obstacles on our behalf before we ever get there. You think about Abraham and Isaac. Man, he didn't, he didn't have any, he's going up one side of the mountain and there's a ram going up the other side to get there at the exact right time to save Isaac. He didn't know that was taking place, but it was the right timing and he was taking every step. He was doing the next obedient thing in that process so that it could develop and cultivate and be ready at just the right time. So, so here's what's amazing. I, I like where it goes next in Deuteronomy 7.24. If we'll take the right steps, he will put their kings in your power and you will erase their names from the face of the earth. See, now it's getting back to the good stuff, right? Like we took some little steps, now we're erasing kings. That's more fun. No one will be able to stand against you and you will destroy them all. If we will trust the process, we're going to see the fruit of the effort. I've got a, a buddy that was training for a triathlon, and, and he took it real serious. He's kind of this fitness freak guy, and so he hired a nutritionist. He was going to get the diet right. He hires a, a triathlon-specific coach to take them through the swim part, to take them through the run part, to, to, to take them through the biking part. Every aspect had to be right. He hired a mental coach to make sure he was mentally ready for the challenge and trained for a year. And then they canceled it and moved it back another year. 
So, tough guy, he goes, okay, great. Does it again for a, so two full years of training. Mind's right, body's right, diet's right, everything. It's the day of the race. His coach prepares him. He said, hey, when you hit that water in a triathlon, you start with a three-mile swim. When you hit the water, it's going to shock you, and it's going to be chaos. So he's ready for it. Two years of training. He jumps in the water. Somebody kicks him in the face and knocks his goggles off, and he freaks out. He's trained for two years. He's been in the water for 15 seconds. He said it was way colder than anybody ever told me, and he started hyperventilating. And he goes to turn to quit, thinks about his family, thinks about his training, all these kind of things, and decides, like, well, I can't quit, puts his face in the water while he's hyperventilating and just starts paddling. Swims a little bit, swims a little bit, finds a rhythm, finishes the swim, gets on the bike, finishes a 26-mile run, and finishes 30 seconds under his exact desired goal time. He said he wanted to quit in the first 15 seconds. And when he overcame that, he never thought about quitting again. See, this is what I love about God. This, this is the flow of this. We're training. We're going with his timing. And even after all of that, there's still going to be opposition. The devil's still going to try to talk you out of it. There's going to be something that he does not, he's going to try to take our legs out before we can even get going. Think about him sitting somewhere right now thinking, oh, I wish I would have finished that triathlon. But the great thing is, that the reality is that we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. So this little by little, step by step, conquest by conquest, that's the design. That's how God has set it up so that we are ready. And even when we feel like quitting, it's like, no, no, I've trained for this. There just had to be a reminder. There had to be a jolt to say, no, no, I'm ready for it. God's here with me. I can finish and be proud of what you've accomplished. We're taking land this year. It's going to be amazing to look up going into 2025 and look across the landscape of this church and say, whoa, whoa, there were a hundred examples of times we wanted to quit. But man, we just kept taking that next step. We didn't get out in front of God, and we also didn't sit back just hoping something would happen. There's an amazing tension and a rhythm that takes place in our effort, our grit, our best effort, and God's grace. That grit plus grace is what we're going to walk in this year. Amen? Number three, we are pruning for purity. There's, there's some stuff we got to recognize. There's some things I'm believing we're going to identify as we take the good land. And, man, if we'll do this, you're going you're to see the fruit that comes from it. Deuteronomy 7.26. Again, Moses has made it very clear. You're going to go take it. But I want you to check your pace as you take the land. And listen to this verse. Do not bring any detestable objects into your home. For then you will be destroyed just like them. You must utterly detest such things, for they are set apart for destruction. I want us to get so good at identifying and recognizing the things around our lives that we're not going to allow in our lives. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. Man, we've got, we've got to be great at that recognition. We are spirit-led. We can see the things. It's like, man, I don't know. But then sometimes we get comfortable. Sometimes we get a little bit used to those things being around, and we allow them in. Let's be great at that this year. We've got ground to take. And here, here's the reality. 
if we'll put a premium on purity, what comes from purity is peace. I know we want peace. I know we want that peace that surpasses understanding. It guards our hearts. It guards our minds. It guards our thoughts. It guards our emotions. So we've got to be very aware of our inputs because it dictates our outputs. We're doing the fast. I, I jumped into a little fast last week and kind of started a little bit of a detox of stuff. I got off of social media, and it really is funny because I, I really don't know if you loved your kid's basketball game or not yesterday because I'm not on the media. I don't know about your lunch. I did not see a picture of your vegetarian lasagna yesterday. I didn't see it. I don't know your birthday. It is, it is unfortunate. I've missed some birthdays because that's the only way I know anybody's. I kind of know Molly's, but Facebook usually reminds me of that. It's amazing. But what I have found is a peace as a result of the purity. We're, we're fasting food, so there's not like this, all the, all the inflammation stuff that from, you know, a six-pound steak every night that's clogging my brain. There, there's not the flow of information that's unnecessary, so there's been a purification that's taking place, so there's a purity and a peace that follows. A definition of purity that's powerful is a singular focus. Man, you think about that in your marriage. Man, when there's a singular focus on your spouse, there's peace that comes to your house. You think about that in your business. Man, when there's a singular focus on what you're supposed to be doing, a lot of times we're distracted by so many things in our businesses. The reality is, what are you supposed to focus on? What's the one thing you're supposed to be the best at? You do that, watch peace come through the entire corporation. We've got to be focused. And, and let that turn into a piece. See, I think pruning becomes a part of this as well. And I, I'm not going to dive into the, the full scripture, but it's really cool when Jesus talks about him being the vine and we get to be the branches because what's the best thing about the branch is the branch is what actually carries the fruit. So Jesus is doing all this groundwork. He's laying all this. He's created all this opportunity for us. And then we get to be the fruit bearers to the world. We should be walking around just covered in fruit, able to feed and, and resource and take care of the people around us. But it says, man, apart from the vine, the branch isn't going to bear fruit. we got to be hooked up with that. So the question becomes, what needs to be pruned so that we can bear the most fruit? What, what do we need to look at as detestable? Don't bring any detestable objects into your home. Man, dads, I'm going to call us out for a minute. What, where do we need to draw the line? What needs to be protected as the gatekeeper of our houses? Then mamas, man, you you're, might be around more. Man, there's little bitty things. I just want us to be on purpose about being aware of, protecting, and even removing what might have been able to creep in there. Boy, we're protecting the house because we're taking new ground. And here's what's great. Every time we take new ground, there's going to be new opportunity for the detestable to come in. It's going to be new opportunity. New ground, new objects to destroy, and new objects to make sure that we keep out. Man, that, that's, that's how we operate. That's how we roll. What needs to be killed so that something new can be created? There's a, there's a flow to that. Last example on this is, this guy kind of tells a story about being a, a rose curator. He, he had this great garden, but the goal was to create the best roses possible. They were in these competitions and things like that. He said the hardest part about that was actually cutting 
a lot of these smaller but beautiful roses so that the nutrients could actually go where they're supposed to go. So sometimes in our life, it's like, oh, it's not bad. It's not the worst. It's not awful. Detestable is a strong word. But there might need to be some things that need to be trimmed so that the nutrients can get right where they're supposed to and actually get the reward that we actually want. And what might need to be trimmed, what might need to be pruned to get that result. Number four, last point. It's kind of been building to this, but we're supposed to take land. There's a pace to that process. In that, we're going to be doing some pruning. There's going to be some purity to it. Matter of fact, anywhere you don't have peace, I want you to go and check your purity. What might need to be purified to create peace? Okay, we got that. But then in that, as the fruit is coming and it's promised, as the fruit comes, we're not going to let the fruit make us fat so that we don't move forward again. Let me show you this verse. I'm going I'm to let the word talk to you about fat. That's not me, okay? Deuteronomy 8.10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. I love that it's called good land because it is. What good land are you believing for? That's what we're going to take. That's why it's worth the opposition. It's good land and it's yours. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord for the good land he's given. But that's the time to be careful. Again, that's why I'm loving this passage. I got shocked a couple times, like, yay, now's the time to celebrate. No, be careful. Yes, we celebrate, but we're careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when, not if, when you become full and prosperous, I love these examples. You've built fine homes. Your flocks and herds have become very large. Your silver and gold have multiplied with everything else. Be careful. Don't become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Don't forget who you are and don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God has done. Man, if we'll do that, there's a, there's a beauty to this. There's a flow to this. God is expecting us to be full and prosperous and have the desires of our hearts, and simultaneously, that's when we're going to get careful. Man, we're going to be aware. I've got to, I've got to come back, because here's the reality. The comfort isn't the goal. The comfort of the promised land is not the destination. We're going to go and take it, because you and your families deserve that. That's one of the benefits of being hooked up with Jesus. But what pride wants to do is come in and think that the comfort is the end result. Pride is always going to look for comfort because it's saying, I deserve this because I've done this. Here's the reality. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. So what pride wants to do is replace the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit is telling us is listen, I want you to lean into the impossible. I want you to go do the dangerous thing. I want you to do what nobody else can potentially do, and I will comfort you in the midst of what seems to be impossible. Don't steer clear of, don't avoid the hard. That's what pride wants us to do. We want to stay in this comfortable situation. We want to make X amount of money so we don't have to do anything else. You can sell your company for however much you want. That's not a sellout number for you to stop the call of God in your life. Build whatever, let's build big. 
This is the whole point of the message. Let's go take new land. But the end result is not to sit back and just lay in it and then not do anything else. We're going to go to the next level because, guess what? There's another level after that. And it's going to get bigger and it's going to get harder. And the Holy Spirit is going to be with us every step of the way, providing comfort in the midst of the difficulty. Go take the land and know that God goes before us and he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So the next new big thing is part of the process. And we're the people that trust the process. Oh, we embrace it. We love it. You catching that opposition, that's not you out of the will of God. That's actually you right in the middle of it because there's a testimony on the other side of it. Oh, now we love it. Bring on the resistance. Count it all joy when we face trials and tribulations. It's, it's, it's riddled throughout the word. They did a test in this biodome, which always makes me think of Pauly Shore, okay? I actually don't remember if it's a good movie or not, but... I can picture the cover of the DVD. But they did this biodome test. They put it in this, this perfect situation, and they were going to grow things to see them optimized. What does this fruit look like in an optimized environment? What does this tree look like in a perfect situation? How, how big could it be? How great could it be? How much fruit could it produce? So they, they do all these things. They run all these tests, and they're getting great results. But the trees specifically were causing them some trouble because these trees would get to a certain size and then fall over. So they would grow and they would grow. It's what they hoped it would be. They're, they're lush. They're full. They would get to a certain height and tip. And they did all these tests. They're, they're, they're being all scientific about it. And they come and look at it and they realize they didn't simulate one very important thing. There was no wind in the biodome. And because there was no wind, it never forced the tree to deepen its roots and get stronger so that it could actually be as big and powerful as it was meant to be. So the very thing that they thought they were protecting it from is the very thing that made it as great as it was supposed to be. Again, this is the idea here. We're going to take ground he always, Moses keeps saying, when? You're going to do it. If, if you're in here today, I'm telling you, if, if you will listen to this, practice these principles from the word, it will happen. And when it does, man, I want you to get excited because we, what we need is a little wind. We need a little resistance. We need the opposition. We need to embrace it, wrap our arms around it. Thank God for it because we know it's making us deeper, stronger, and better to actually be and do everything God wants us to do. It's critical. So I want you thinking, praying, stirring. Man, God, show me what that land looks like. And then God, remind me when the opposition comes that this is part of the process and I'm gonna take this land little by little step by step, and everything that comes at me, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to say, God, thank you for the opportunity. And because of how good he is, we can have a peace and a purity in the process. And I'm just telling you, watch what this looks like step after step, day after day, week after week. We're going to look, I'm telling you, it's going to be like March. And we're all going to look up and think, God, this is a good year. 
I've overcome so much. You're, you're thinking about your, the, the past things that you've come through, and it's like, oh, that's why I can do what I'm doing right now. That's who God is. It's his will for you to take the land. Check your pace as you take it. We're going to be in lockstep with God's timing. And I'm telling you, when it feels like quitting, we're not going to quit because that's not who any of us are. Then we're going to look at it and say, oh God, what needs to get removed? What needs to get pruned? Because we want the best. I'm cutting out good because I want the best. Get that detestable stuff out of our house because there's going to be a purity and a peace in our homes. And then, God, as we're eating that fruit, as we're celebrating, as we're receiving all that it is, man, God, I'm telling you, we're going to eat it. We're going to get full and strong. It's going to be fuel for the fire for us to go and do the next great thing that he's got for us. It could very well be the best year we've ever had. You think about that collectively, the Guts Church, man, the Church of Tulsa, the Church of Oklahoma. I mean, where this could go, that's who we are, and that's the catalytic event that I believe we can and are supposed to start. Does that sound good? Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this promise. Thank you for a revelation on what you have for us this year. God, we love you. And I'm just going to ask you this this morning. Man, we're talking, and, and if there was something stirring in you, if it became at least a little bit clear on, on the land that you're supposed to go and take. I just want you to lift your hands up because I'm going to get in agreement with you. Something was stirring in you. It might be that next new thing or there was some confirmation about it or, I mean, you're thinking, it's like, oh my gosh, if I could catch a breakthrough, if that land could be that relationship that I've had a hard time with, man, whatever it might be for you, if you, good job. God, right here, right now, we come in agreement. And God, I thank you that men and women that serve you, that make you first, that put you in your proper place, God, we're, I thank you, Father, for the next clarified step on what they're supposed to do. God, I pray for an energy. I pray for a discipline. God, a supernatural excitement. I pray that the right people come around them so that they can do what seems to be impossible. And God, I thank you that it's going to bring glory to you. And I thank you that each of these things are going to advance your kingdom. Next question. Last question. You're liking the idea. Sounds like a good time. But you know your life's not right with God. Man, there, there, there's a hold up somewhere. There's a, there's a hitch in your giddy up. Man, whatever your thing might be, it's like, God, I, I know that there's another layer and level, and I'm not walking in. I need to get my life right with God. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Good job. Good job. You came out on a cold day to get asked this question. You might as well respond to it. Good job. A couple people thought, yeah, it is cold. I will raise my hand. Good job, guys. Anybody else? I'm getting my life right with God today. I'm not playing. It's going to be the best year of my life, and this is the step. Good job. Church, let's pray together. Dear God, I give you my life. Every bit of it. God, I'm all in. I'm taking ground from this moment forward. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you for this life. The life of authority. The life of winning. A life free from sin. I love you, God. I make Jesus 
the Lord of my life from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.